Well, hello, everyone out there. How are you? My name is Alika Hope, and I am the host of Alika Hope and Change. Of course, I have a co-host, and his name is... Change, also known <laughs> as Emil. And yes, the silence was a dramatic pause. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't understand. So I recently wrote a play and I'm learning yes. about drama. And the oh, thing that I know about drama, sis, is that there's got to be this pause in which the silence demands the attention of the viewer and puts them in the moment such that they're waiting for the next word. Did it work? I don't know, because did that work? Oh, my gosh. I was on. I was <laughs> waiting for that to come. I was waiting for it. I was like, she's going to say another word. She's going to say another word. <laughs> oh. First of all, though, I want to start today's episode with a thank you to my brother, Emil, because we were together last week in Mississippi, chilling with our father and our older brother and our stepmom. And, you know, um, it was a very quick trip. So, however, my brother Emil saved me because, y'all, I got to tell you that. And I've told like five people this since I've returned back to the cold area up here in the Northeast. I am just telling with you, sharing with you, our listeners, that sometimes when it comes to political things, I get a little overwhelmed and I kind of tune out. And um, to the people in Ukraine, uh, my prayers and thoughts are with you. But I just honestly speaking, I was very confused about what was going on. And I tried to listen to all different news sources and read stuff. And there was just too much commentary and people's opinions, no matter what side I looked at, left, right, up, down, backwards, forward, sides, it was hard. So I asked my brother Emil, aka Change, I said, Emil, I know you can tell me what's going on. And y'all, my brother here on this show, Emil, he explained to me what was going on, the history of Ukraine, Russia, all that stuff going on with such explicit, just factual detail that I completely got what was going on in like 10 minutes that 10 hours of trying to figure out the news could just not teach me. So I would like to shout out Emil for being such a great, clear explainer of just the facts, ma'am. Thank you, Emil. You're welcome, Alika. I'll tell you, it took me a minute to sort through it myself. And I kept, I had my, I had my media knife out. Right. And so here I am and, and I'm cutting out all the stuff that I don't appreciate. Now you got to remember, I yeah. don't watch TV news ever. Right. I know that. And there's a reason for that because yeah. when I'm reading words, I have a much easier time filtering yes. out things that are irrelevant. So yes. for me, the only way to absorb information is at a pace that I can control. If I want to turn it yeah. off, I can just shut it. That's what reading the news gives me. It gives me the ability to stop at any time mm -hmm. and there's no latency. There's nothing left after I shut it off. If I want to put on puppies on TikTok because it's too yeah. overwhelming, I put on puppies and I'm happy and then yeah. I can come back to it. And I don't, I don't have anyone telling me with vocal inflection, yeah. facial expression, yeah. Or dramatic music yeah. accompanying it. And that helps me get the real 
and plus I can go, I can validate stuff. I can go to different sources. I can look at news from Britain or India or um, Argentina. And people say, why would you read news from places like Argentina or India or Australia? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Different perspectives. Truth is, I never left you. Yes, I agree. Emil. And I'm grateful for you. I was teasing him before the show. My retired brother, who's really not that old, but being in the military, as you deserve. Right. Because I don't I'm too much of a chicken. You have more time to read. I'm just calling it out. I'm just calling it out. Um, when uh, you have time to read, and I, and I don't right now, but I will soon. But anyway, um, I appreciate you uh, reading all that too and digesting it for us. So y'all, if you ever need something really complex explained to you, you can reach out to us through Instagram, Elite Open Change, and send a DM to Bree and she will turn to Emil or text him and say, Emil, we need you to on the air explain this really complex problem. And Emil, will you do that for us? As long as it's not highly technical, the answer was always yes. Always yes, um, okay. If you send me something with uh, nuclear physics or, mm. you know, 18th century French literature, I probably will not be able to explain that. Okay. But uh, barring that, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. And you all out there, because you've done this before, our yeah. listeners will fact check me. I love They will that. fact check. You engage and, and you make sure that I stay straight. So when I'm wrong, I'll know mm-hmm. it. But I try my yeah. hardest. Instead of striving for perfect accuracy, what I try to what I strive for is understanding. And sometimes that means I may be a bit inaccurate, but it means that most of the time, I'm comfortably uh, uh, literate enough to understand the basic concept. And that's what I'm always looking for. Do I understand the basic concept? And if the answer is yes, then you know, unless I'm looking for my PhD, which I am not, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because um, even when sometimes people explain things to me, I'm getting to that point in life where I keep forgetting everything that you say. Uh-oh. Come on. I keep forgetting. Who sang that song? Alika McDonald. <laughs> so, okay. So there's this debate. I'm going to this debate on your Facebook group about, you know, Alika McDonald, Michael McDonald. And um, versus who, who do they want to see? Michael McDonald versus who? Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins and and Jamie, do you think that's a good versus? Well, like before okay. I get into the verses, you are now yeah. officially my cousin because your name is Alika McDonald. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so we're now really family. <laughs> so I have to say that right now. All right. All right. Yes. Uh huh. Um, no, I don't think it should be Michael McDonald versus Kenny Loggins because they already have a history together. Oh, really? It should be. You talking about what? Like yacht rock, soft rock. Like sort of, kind of. I mean, the, the blue eyed soul. soul. Yeah, that blue eyed yeah. soul. No, yeah. here's who it should be. It should Uh-oh. be Michael McDonald versus Daryl Hall. That's oh who my. it should be. Wow. Ooh, you Ooh, just raised yeah. all my cackles. I just raised Ooh. the bar. I just raised the bar. It's a better versus because Kenny Michael oh. McDonald is singing background on "This Is It." That's right. Yes. Oh, so it's That's like right. I keep yeah. forgetting Sarah. Yes, exactly. We're not in love anymore. It should be Michael Smile versus Daryl. Mm-hmm. I like that. My I like sister that just lot. did a live on air remix of <laughs> yes, two songs, and I'm like, DJ Alika Hope. 
That was a versus, wasn't that? That was a, that was a thank you. That was a Daryl Hall. Yeah, that's right. That was a mashup. Because I'm all about the blue-eyed soul. Anytime I see a blue-eyed singing soul that can sing, I'm like, what? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Hey, and I'm gonna throw that in my I'm gonna throw that in my Facebook group. They're probably going to go nuclear <laughs> when I say that. Like, you know, Kenny Loggins is good, but Daryl Hall. Oh, and watch watch the thread just blow up. <laughs> no, we should do. We should get Jamie to send a little clip of this and be like, "And here's a mashup." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. idea idea by Jamie Brennan McDonald, the super engineer, sung by Alika Hope, my sister, on the podcast Alika Hope and Change. Because y'all never know what kind of hope or change you're going to get on this show. And they should get them to sing each other's songs. Ooh, could you imagine? That would be so dope. Oh, Michael McDonald singing Sarah Smile. Sarah. No, no, it, it would, no, it would be this. Sarah Smile. Sarah Smile. You got it. You're right. I got you win nuts. That one. I have nuts as an engineer and a host. I am a co-host. We need some rules for some hope. And oh, I know we're oh. going to do this in our yes, next segment. Are. So when we come back, because these yeah. people, these two right here got mm-hmm. me singing people's songs that I can. Y'all know I can't sing. I do not. But okay, well, we we're are going out. to talk about that in a minute. Man, I love this. You guys are crazy. So we're going to fade out right now to this. You ready? Ready for the mashup again? Here we go. Sarah, smile. We're not in love anymore. Why don't you smile a while for me? I keep fucking Sarah. We'll be right back after the break. Uh. by Lawrence V. White. We are back. And we got this suggestion for an episode from a listener. And we liked it so much, we're actually going to do it in two parts this week and next week. And um, so shout out to Sherry Riddle of Lubbock, Texas, for this idea. Um, Sherry, thank you, you so much. There. This was a great idea. And yes. we got, we want you all to know that we're listening to you. So when you engage with us uh, at Alika Hope and Change and on Instagram, one of the things that we're looking for is what you guys care about. So thank you for this because I thought it was a fascinating topic. Yeah. And it's apparently the story behind it is it's a list of um, ideas that she's not sure the author's unknown, but um, rules to teach your daughter is what it's originally called. And when I read it, I was like, you know what, we can totally put this on the podcast. And I think it's like rules to teach your children and or just young people. So even if you're not a parent, it's rules to teach young people. And quite frankly, all of us are kind of young in some way or another. So I feel like a lot of these things could apply to just anyone listening, just, you know, thoughts. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with all of them. But I think the reason why I wanted us to talk about this is because some of these, you know, um, rules to teach your, your person, your daughter, your child, young people um, are things that Emil and I could discuss. So without further ado, there's 30 of them, by the way. So that's why it's going to take two weeks, but yeah. Um, Should we start? Let's please. I'll say this. Yes. um, As we get started, because part of these, you know, these rules, it's not rigidity. What we're looking right. for is commonality. Like there's a yeah. certain, there's a certain thing that we're trying to teach our children, trying to teach our young people that if they do it, 
universally, whether you're in the Pacific Northwest where we grew up, where you live mm-hmm. in the Northeast where you are, down in the mid-Atlantic where I am, or where my children are in LA and uh, Omaha, it, it doesn't matter. Yep. It's, it's common across the country. It's common across most cultures. And so what we're talking about is, can we find a place where if we practice some, some basics, perhaps we can create commonality, create a place where we can meet safely in the middle. I agree. I agree. And we may not get to all of them, the two sections, but we're going to go ahead and dig in. And I'm going to start with learn how to cook a signature dish. So do you have a signature dish, Emil? Life saver. Let me tell you, when I graduated from the Air Force Academy, the yeah. first purchase I made was the Ebony Cookbook. Okay. And um, this is back in the early 90s. And the last edition of that cookbook at that time was from the late 60s. So it had mm. all the lard and butter and <laughs> salt you could think of. Okay. And out of that came a signature dish that I still make. And Which is what? Boy, um. Well, you tasted a version of it when we were in Mississippi. My lemon would cake. It, would it be a cake? Yeah. A quite delicious a lemon cake. cake. It oh. was a lemon cake. And that lemon cake recipe yeah. came from just learning and because I, I learned entree. I, so if it's just one dish, it's that lemon cake where I learned how to whip it properly. I learned how to put enough butter, sugar in, condensed milk mm. versus regular milk. All these little tips and tricks that mm-hmm. once I got it right, became a signature dessert. I love that. And my signature dish um, actually didn't occur till after I had my kids because I love beans and I love rice. I could eat them every day, all the day, all time. And my daughter loved refried beans and rice, but of course in Mexican places, not me making it. And so one time I made her some rice and beans mixed up together and she was like, I don't know, five or six. Oh my gosh, mom, these are so good. And to this day, like 10 years later, she's like, I only want you to make me these rice and beans. People have tried to copy it, her grandma, her dad. Nobody's gotten it right. And I have a secret ingredient I put in there, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's a secret. But that would be, I think, my signature dish in my house is like, if all else fails, I know I always got some kidney beans and some rice and a couple of things I put in there and she's happy. So I guess that's become my signature dish. Oh, yeah. So Somewhere there must be a Jamaican in your life because that, that's rice and yes. peas. yes. And I'm not mad at you for making it. Thank you. Well, so so if I have chickpeas, I might do garbanzo beans. I might do white Ooh. beans. Just depends on what beans I have in the house. Sure. So it's really the seasoning that gets her the way that I season it, which is what mm-hmm. my secret sauce is. Because if mm-hmm. I tell you and people here, then I can't use it as a negotiating tactic when I want people <laughs> to clean their room. You see what I'm saying? Yes. We all have to have that, that ace in the hole. We're like, you know, I love you, but. Mm-hmm. You want that ex- you want that extra special love. Mm-hmm. You'll have to room. do a little something for that. What about this one? Because you, I don't know. Do you do this? It says, it says another rule is to spend thirty minutes a day reading up on current events. And I'm going to say you, listening to a podcast also counts. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yes and no. The okay. the yes is that I don't spend thirty minutes. 
I scan headlines and I look for certain things in the headlines that tell me to look further. So I actually curate my newsfeed very deliberately so that I don't get overwhelmed with gloom and doom. And what I encourage anyone to do is if you are like, I used to be a news junkie because when I came back to the States after I served overseas, um, I wanted to catch up. Like I didn't know anything about the country. I was like, I had lived in Japan for several years. I lived in Portugal for several years consecutively. Mm -hmm. So I was away from the U.S. for uh, almost five and a half years. So Mm -hmm. in that time frame. I was like complete pop culture, current events. I was disconnected. And this was in an era where the internet was still kind of premature, you know, it was young. Young. It was in its Mm -hmm. infancy. So when I come back, I dove in, just consumed news. I was eating steady diet 24 7. And then Mm -hmm. it started to get overwhelming. Uh. So then I had to detox. And when I detoxed, which was actually about 10 years ago, I began to realize that. Even the way that I was reading was too much. So I, mm. I re, refigured all of my news feeds to be very specific. And they are, okay. uh, so I scan headlines and I dive in on very specific issues like what's happening in Ukraine would be one, what's happening with right. gas would be another, um, anything to do with alternative energy, which is a joy of mine to look at. So there's certain things that I trigger. Otherwise, headlines only. That makes total sense. And, um, you know, speaking of uh, headlines and current events, um, the next one is in a negotiation, never make the first offer. So is this advice that, you know, to follow? That's interesting. I wonder if that's. Yeah, go ahead. You're in the entertainment industry. How do you negotiate when you're trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to do to get paid for your talent. Wow. So the best times in my life have been when I had an agent back before I had kids because they did all the negotiating. And then also for the Ray of Hope project stuff, the stuff in the schools, we actually, I have an agent for that stuff um, because those are bigger contracts. And I'm going to be honest, like I care too much about other people to a fault sometimes like if a performance where you know the school or the business whatever has a huge budget and here I am trying to feel sorry for them whereas the agent will be like oh no 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 you know I know they got xyz and I'm going to negotiate it for you even if I have to pay a certain percentage to her that's that makes my life I just prefer that now if it's a small you're just about art if it's a small you know place that you know doesn't have money or whatever can't do stuff I think the way that I make an offer is um, to figure out what's going to be fair to the musicians first. So I'm the person, I usually pay the musicians first and then myself, right? So nice. if it means that a place uh, can only afford X, Y, Z, and I'm going to make $50 less, but my musicians are still going to get the minimum, that's just how I am. That just for, you know, whatever. So um, it, it depends on the place. And if it's a place too that's going to offer recurring gigs like over multiple days, then you're usually going to get a discount, right? Or if they mm-hmm. bring in new business, there's one place, um, shout out to Sunset Meadow and Litchfield, who people always come to that. I've gotten other gigs at other places consistently over the years from performing there. So makes sense. They would, I negotiate a discount with them, right? Because I know I'm going to get more business. So you have to think about like the larger issue. Um, yeah. So that's kind of negotiation with that. Um, let's come back after the break and talk about late checkout because that's something that I love. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
by Lawrence V. White. All right, so the next thing on this list of, you know, to teach your children is request the late checkout. Can I just say holla, 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 $50 (laughs) that before COVID, I was like platinum status at Marriott and um, and uh, what is it? Diamond at Hilton because I traveled a lot before the lockdowns and the best benefit of both of them was like Marriott. I could check out at 3 p.m. instead of the 11 a.m. And when you get to the platinum and above, it's like, you know, guaranteed, blah, blah, whatever. It is the best thing ever late checkout, especially when your kids are traveling with you. It is just like awesome. And so... I am gangbusters 100% request a late checkout. Even if it's an hour later, it means that your kids could go have the free breakfast, come back and take their shower, right? Because some of these hotels try to check you out at 10, 11 a.m. And you're like, wait, I'm in a hotel. I want to sleep in. And like, you know, that's the whole thing. There it is. Um, There it is. And There it is. Right there. Just stay right there in that cut. Right there. Okay. Go ahead. It's a hotel. Yes. You're usually traveling. I know there's business travelers. But you're usually traveling with your family. Yes. Slow down. Take it easy. Yes. Use the time. If you can take the late checkout and it costs you nothing, take it. Take it. And I will say this is one reason why I don't, people make fun of me for this, but I don't stay at, um, I don't know if I, I don't want to, I don't want to insult, insult them on the air. So we'll just say home sharing places, you know, those major places where you can rent somebody's home or whatever. Cause right. I don't want to be cleaning. Anyone who knows me knows I say, people would say, but you could run a condo at Disney, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, heck no. If I'm on vacation, I ain't cooking and I ain't cleaning. All you got to do is put the trash in a bag. No, that's what hotels are for. So believe me, y'all, when I say request a late checkout, it be in a hotel. I ain't cleaning. I'll be tipping the maids, but I am on vacation. Okay. Anyway. For those of you who stay at hotels regularly, you already know. Tipping should be part of your hotel budget. 100%. 100%. Right? So, 100%. yes, you have a rate, but you should be sliding a 10 or a 5 or a 20 to your mm-hmm. your um, housekeeper to let mm-hmm. them know that the hard work they do typically for minimum wage is very mm-hmm. much appreciated. Especially y'all that got the messy kids. You need to be tipping in 20s. Okay. <laughs> 20s. I'm just saying. All right. The next one on this list is... When entrusted with a secret, keep it. Oh, all right. Go ahead. So, you can talk about this one. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you. You know, when yeah. I was in the military, I was entrusted with secrets, things that I never even considered divulging. Uh-huh. It was easy for me because I learned early that if someone trusts you enough to tell something, unless it is hurtful to them or others, yeah. it's a vault. So the transition for me was easy. I wasn't out there blabbing people's business. So when the military said, hey, here's some stuff that you don't tell anyone, I was already primed for that. I think more of us need to remember that when someone trusts you, trust is built over time. If someone trusts yeah. you, that is, a, that is literally a building into which the secret goes. And if your building is porous, it may as well be made of cards and collapse easily. Yes. You need to be a person that when someone says, Hey, I have something that if I don't tell it, I may burst. Right. And unless they're going to harm themselves or others, That's it right. should never leave you. When entrusted with a secret, keep it. And I liked your caveat. 
but in every other situation when entrusted with a secret, keep it. That's something to teach. Now here's another one. Ooh, this is this one. Ooh, okay. Hold your heroes to a higher standard. Hold your heroes to a higher standard. That I don't even know where to go with that one. So, so um, Michael yeah. Jackson said it best. Yeah, what? I'm deal with the man in the mirror. Ah. Uh, I I just threw I threw an alley oop to my sister. Is she, is she no, going to No, I like that. I like that because basically it's like hold yourself to a higher standard, right? Correct. I am always my first hero because I should never expect behavior out of others that I'm not willing to demonstrate myself. Mm. So now the standard is on me to model what heroes should look like. Yeah, because there's there's a few on here that I don't fully agree with. And this one's tricky for me because I think that when this is a larger discussion, but when we're sometimes in a culture, cancel culture, where we just cancel people, I think we have to remember that heroes are also humans. This is not me trying to excuse them for for doing stupid stuff. What I'm saying is, I think hold your heroes to a higher standard is hard for me because I believe every human is fallible. So when people disappoint me, like like, you know, when, for example, R. Kelly did really bad things, you know, I just because he's saying I believe I can fly maybe he's a he, my hero for singing that song when he fell and did all that stuff I didn't I didn't already think of him as more than a human if that makes sense right so it doesn't surprise me when people who are are held on a pedestal or heroes or whatever when they fall because they're human and so it, that's a tricky one for me because it's like well well I like what you said Emil it's like hold yourself to a higher standard first yes I think that I like that. It's hard no. because one of the challenges yeah. is, you know, if you hold yourself to a higher standard, there's this potential that you're judging others. And I don't yeah. like to be judgy, but at the right. same time, I don't want to see myself being someone who's contributing to the lack of um, standards in our society. Yeah. So there's this mm. fine balance. Mm. And I'm willing to say to myself first, because, you know, um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, before you look at someone with a beam in their eye, make sure, a speck in their eye, make sure you have the beam out of your own. So the mm-hmm. first stop in all of my sort of critique of any behavior starts with, is there a beam in my eye? Mm-hmm. Before I try to look at somebody's little speck. And then Ooh. the other verse that I often refer to is, um, since I do live in a house made fully of glass, I try mm-hmm. to keep all the rocks away from my yes. hand. I love that one. Now we have time for a couple more and I want to go to the next one because I think we can agree on this. And this is this is a simple statement, but it's it it means multiple things, which is return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. Ooh. And I think that's that implies everything. When you borrow something, like if you borrow someone's shirt, wash it before you give it back. Don't have a stinking <laughs> of your armpits. <laughs> You, you know don't bring saying? it back funky. Because if you right. bring it back funky, I'm going to look at you and be like, surely what you meant to say was you're going to wash it before you bring it back. And you wanted Correct. to show me that you hadn't washed it. <laughs> so that's why you're right. Because you're not. No, I mean, for real. Dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. Yes. Return, there's an old saying that says if yeah. someone get, makes you a dish. Yeah. And you returning the dish, you should return the dish with something in it. 
Oh, really? I don't know that one. I thought if yeah. I just returned so it if being someone washed, makes you, like, they should if, be happy. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's a it's an old old like old that. way of seeing the world. So you yeah. typically, if you if someone says, "Hey, I made you some chicken adobo," you're like, "Oh, that was good." Return their dish with something in it, right? Like I'm gonna start following that. Yeah, right. And it's a it's just so it's the same concept. When I was at the Air Force Academy, I used to borrow upperclassmen's cars when I was a underclassman when I was a freshman. Yeah, right. And and the way that I earned the reputation was I yeah. always brought their cars back full. And therefore, well, whenever I needed a car, there was always somebody who was willing to throw their keys at me because they do. They would get a full tank of gas out of it. And that would be true even in 2022 when the gas be $6 a gallon. Even you will still return your car full, full. of gas. Just full. remember, I don't need full. it. Therefore, if I do, <laughs> it's going to be important. All right. So we're going to end one today. Um, we're going to do some more next week. Uh, but I want to I'm skipping ahead because I want to shout this out to end the episode today with this last piece of advice to teach your children. And if you don't have this ready, then you should go take a coupon and go buy some at CVS or something. And that is never turn down a breath mint. <laughs> I have I have Mentos right now. <laughs> That my sister bought oh, for yeah, me. I got them for you. That's true. In Mississippi. <laughs> Never turn down breath mints. And on that note, y'all, go make sure you got some fresh breath. And we'll be talking to you <laughs> next week. Take care. These are rules for hope. Y'all have a great week. Bye now. If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.